I used one ice cube this time. Oh, good. So no rattling? It hopefully won't rattle. It's <laughs> fine. I really thought about this. It's fine. It's fine. I have a really creaky chair. I don't know if you can hear it. Nope. Not really, no. Mm. I was, uh, so shortly before this, it's taken me basically all week to try. So this is maybe what I did all week. Um, try to come up with a list of five Nicolas Cage movies that I actually liked um, that had him as the main character because I really like The Croods, for example, and he was in... Um... The Croods, like the animated movie? Yes, I uh, love that movie, yeah. but he's I've not the main... It. Oh my gosh, I highly recommend it. It's adorable. Is it? He's a part of the cast, but he's not really one of the main folks, so I couldn't say that one. And then I liked Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. But you can't do that one. Can't do that one. And so I just really, I was like, wow, I guess I just don't really like his movies as much as I thought I did. Maybe he has a broader appeal than we'd like to admit. Um, Because a lot of people, I I told you, this week um, I tried to list all of his movies and then through a variety of databases create my own sort of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that that uh, combines all the scores between critics, uh, between users, and and other things, and like the top seven movies that came up, um, yeah, there, there's a few of them that are really good, but then there's a few like adaptation that I have seen once a really long time ago. Birdie, I've never seen. Wild at Heart, I've never seen. Leaving Las Vegas, I refuse to watch because it just looks awful. I saw it <laughs> once, and I did not want to kill myself. You did not, or you did? I mean, this week. when okay. I, So I did not uh, want to watch okay. it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and and, and it, it's, it's, it's tough because I think he is uh, an interesting actor. Uh, and I think it's also clear that in our little podcast here, we're not going for what the populace would say is good yeah that's fair i think i think of the list i only included two movies that apparently everyone else liked but i did include two of them sure and again we had different criteria so um yeah you know we couldn't have him as a supporting character he had to be in main yeah but yeah I, i look through these and i i've never heard of some of them and when i kind of try to check them out i was like i'm i'm not watching those things um <laughs> and i've seen like lord of war and i did not like it and i Would, will not watch it again was that the one where he's a weapon salesman yeah yeah it was bad yeah yeah i and, i had no desire to watch that no and i forgot i mean i was looking through him and i forgot he did a lot of these to be honest <laughs> yeah 
yeah. <laughs> I just was like, look, I'm in quarantine. I also didn't need to suffer for my like fun as well. <laughs> so it's clear we should probably tell the the people that are listening that uh, we're doing Nick Cage movies this week. We talked about it at the end of last week's episode that we were going to do Nick Cage movies. Um, I think that we uh, enjoyed the movies that we watched. If uh, I, I know the one you you selected, you know the one I selected. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, but let's do this. Let's start by ranking our Nick Cage movies from number five to number one. We'll compare our number ones. Uh, but let's chat a little bit about your your top five. I want to see how different they are from my top five. Okay. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this. I'm going to give you my top five. <laughs> and I did not end up watching what I what actually turned out to be my top five because I had a little bit of nostalgic when I like a nostalgia moment when I picked what I wanted to watch sure. and I forgot it's not a great movie <laughs> and um uh it's fun but it's not my favorite so <laughs> uh, my five your eyes were... were bigger than your stomach is that what you're saying yeah, yeah 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 very much okay so starting in number five um I went with a more recent one actually and it was it's called mom and dad never heard and of it. Yeah, I don't think most people have. It's a horror comedy. And it's so my kind of brief take on it is the happening, but with static instead of trees and parents try to kill their kids instead of people killing themselves. What Was the happening the Mark Wahlberg movie where he was a botanist? Yes. And the trees were trying emitting to kill something. Yeah, they were t- telling people to kill themselves, basically. So, um, so essentially, yeah. the months of uh, of March through May in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My allergies but, are on, out of control right now. Oh, I can't. I can't. Yeah. Let's, we'll just put it like that. Like yeah. I'm walking around with a lot of tissues. And yeah. It's weird. Um, but mom and dad is static on TV, and then all of a sudden, parents are trying to kill the kids, and it's like it's crazy to the max. So I think it embraces Nick Cage pretty well, and I think especially recently i think it embodies like what we think about him yeah so that's why it's my number five uh number four is con air which is the movie that i actually watched um and <laughs> wait yeah. your your number one is it the movie that you reviewed oh my god no okay no i we should have thought I, through this you know but i kind of like i enjoyed it okay. i i thought it would be my number one in all fairness yep. and then i watched it and i was like well to be honest it's just not um, so it's snakes on a plane, but the snakes are all criminals and Nick Cage is not as good as Samuel L. Jackson. And that's really what it boils down to. Right. Um, and I, I won't give more than that because that'll be what I'm talking about today. But that's my number four. It did end up on the list. Um, it's, I liked National Treasure as my number three. I love that movie. Um, it's Indiana Jones, but in the U.S. And yeah. I find it really fun. Yeah. And um, I'm more focused on the historical and the, yeah. the educational rather than you know being chased by a boulder or uh culturally appropriating uh other races everything. yeah just everything yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so i found national treasure to be fun it's sure. number three sure uh number two i really like cars gone in 60 seconds totally um it's fast and furious but with brothers and i just i mean it's just a fun movie plus that one scene with where they play low rider to get them all psyched before they steal the cars yes that that movie i i wish uh maybe for a future podcast we can do that movie together and we can select which uh of the the stealing of the cars we like the most oh yes yeah let's do that or we can do all movies devoted to cars except fast and furious (laughs) 
Oh god. I, I don't want to watch those. I made a fast and furious furious joke this week. Um a friend of mine uh told me that Lompoc prison in uh in California had a coronavirus breakout. Oh. And and I'm like, thank God Dom got out when he did. <laughs> See, if you had been there, it would have been so much better because no one yeah. understood that. I thought it was hilarious. It is hilarious. It is. It was well done. And and just slid in there, right? right. It's not it wasn't over. Yeah. I appreciate it. I was it. very proud of my of my humor. I don't get moments like that often, and that was one of them. <laughs> Well, I would have appreciated it, and I do think it was a good one. Um, as much as I don't like Fast and Furious movies, and I can't believe I'm going to admit that. Um, my number one the is, rough. is Knowing. Never heard of it. So this one's actually good, and I'm actually surprised I didn't pick it. And I think it was just because I was, again, just, you know, being in quarantine, we're really starting to pull out all the stuff that we, you know, haven't seen in forever. That movie, I really like Knowing. So it's basically global annihilation aliens are the good guys and the sun is the villain and and who is nick cage in this movie he's a father whose wife passed away like a year before the movie and he's um he's got this son and weird things start happening and he finds his document in a time capsule at his son's school and he starts putting together this like timeline and he realizes this document has a whole bunch of numbers scribbled on it okay. and the numbers equate to uh locations of disasters and he realizes as he's looking through and he's finding all these numbers oh uh, yeah he's like wait yeah he catches up to himself and he realizes there are numbers in the future and the last number on the thing has the entire population of the planet as the total dead mm. and he realizes the end of the world is coming and somebody is trying to like communicate with his son and he starts, you know, freaking out. And so he realizes that at the very end of the movie that the aliens are actually trying to save certain children from the earth and they're going to take them as kind of like a Noah's Ark situation. You really do like these else. Noah's Ark movies, don't you? I I guess I kind of yeah. do. I guess yeah. I want like I want a lot of I want a global annihilation, yeah. but I also want some hope because yeah, I, I'm not I a feel favorite. as though there may be something in your your uh, th- that we may diagnose here about what you want. <laughs> yeah, okay. You want you want two giraffes and two lions to be saved, <laughs> but you know, screw the six and a half billion other people that that are I out mean, there. I want to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I you're you're high fiving the crown, aren't you? No, gosh, no. Maybe in the beginning, but not now. Not that yeah. I have to selfishly suffer. He but... or she is a jerk. Absolutely. All right. So those are my five. I want to hear your five. I bet we don't have that many in common. Well, no. Um, we have uh, two. Uh, okay. My number five was Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, of course. Uh, Eleanor is my dream car, the GT500. Oh. Uh, just gorgeous, gorgeous car. Great movie. Uh, Angelina Jolie was... Uh, just crazy enough to keep up with Nick Cage in that movie, so I enjoyed it. She's she's a good... That was a good dynamic. Yeah, that was a good dynamic. That was her Billy Bob Thornton phase, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Like, blood vial on the chest kind of thing, yeah. Making out with her brother? Yeah, gross. Uh, (laughs) Number four was Con Air for me, which was your number four as well, right? Yeah. There we go. Um, (laughs) I can't wait to talk about that movie, because I... I really thought I enjoyed that movie, but when I was doing, uh, when I was prepping for this podcast, I, I watched like 
there's a there's a, a how it should have ended uh and and they have a, a bunch of youtube videos on con air and uh, i realized <laughs> just how terrible it is so i'm sorry so i'm really sorry it's okay. uh, I, I earned it <laughs> my number three was face off uh which oh, yeah. just i mean nick cage is in a priest outfit um uh, touching a a teenager inappropriately while singing hallelujah um that's one of the scenes in that movie i i feel face off should yes face off is a uh, just a crazy crazy movie uh my second was raising arizona oh wow okay. if i had not done my number one i would have loved to have done raising arizona uh okay. because that movie is really funny uh, it's really touching. I thought Nick Cage is the most human he has been. He's not a character in Raising Arizona. I feel like that's who Nick Cage really is in that movie. Um, okay. And my number one, which I enjoyed the heck out of and I can't wait to talk about, is The Rock. Um, that's a good one. Absolutely. Loved this movie. Loved every minute of it. Uh, actually, that's not true. I loved all but about four minutes of it. Uh, just <laughs> fun and and really really enjoyable and sort of the perfect movie for this week because um this week it has uh, descended into a level of suckery um uh, i think as we go more and more weeks into uh the coronavirus uh i'm starting to to get a little edgy get a little on edge and get a little itchy uh just trying to get out of the house but uh but yeah i i enjoyed i enjoyed the rock a lot actually um uh, so we're going to compare The Rock versus what? Con Air. We're going to do it. <laughs> we're going to compare The Rock versus Con Air. And we're going, to, oh, yeah. we're going to pit the two together. We're going to come out ahead, but it sounds like I've already won. Uh, it's going to be... I don't know. I mean, you had a number four here. And... It depends on how we rank them. Okay. Okay. All right. You never know. Okay. But probably not. Okay. I, I'm, okay. I'm probably going to lose. All right. So, so <laughs> as we did with Deep Impact versus Armageddon in the first week, we're going to talk about plot. We're going to talk about ending. Um, we're going to talk about kind of the, the craziest moments, uh, anything else. But since we're doing a Nick Cage themed podcast, we're going to talk about what was the Nick Cageiest scene of the movie. Uh, do you want to start with Con Air and tell me about the plot? Um, I'm actually, you know what? I will let you take center stage uh, this week. Okay. Um, okay. Simply because I have a feeling my movie is going to lose and I want to give uh, The Rock its center stage this week. Well, to be fair, I think when we're talking about plots, we don't have to really worry too much about either of these movies. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that both of these movies were written in crayon uh, on a piece of paper and delivered to the studio that said... Nick Cage, crazy, things blowing up. My thing happened to be a stationary prison, and your thing happened to be a plane. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I don't know. Okay, so let's talk about the plot of, of uh, The Rock. Um, this is a fun movie. It is 24 years old, believe it or not. 24 years old. Uh, and, and it holds up. It is still, to this day, not... There's a couple offensive parts, but but the the music holds up, the acting holds up, uh, everything about this movie really just holds up. Again, like I said, there's nothing too deep about it. Uh, but 
I was reading when I was doing my research is that this movie almost failed. They wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger to play the main character. And after seeing the script, he backed out. I cannot imagine Arnold being a biochemist trying to, to save, uh, save San Francisco, but Arnold backed out. The, song, the movie had a bunch of rewrites, including Quentin Tarantino, who had his hands on the script. So, so it's, a, it's a miracle that this movie ever got made. And thank God that Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer, and Michael Bay made this movie. So this is my second Michael Bay movie. Uh, so the plot is pretty simple. A uh, military general decides that he wants to hold himself up with 81 hostages who are civilians in Alcatraz, the Alcatraz, the former prison, um, all while aiming 15 lethal gas missiles at the San Francisco Bay Area. He thinks this is the best way to draw attention to his cause, which is essentially Marines who died under his command, but who weren't given the recognition as the heroes that they were uh, or that they are. Uh, it's essentially, it's a buddy heist movie with Sean Connery and Nick Cage playing the roles of the protagonist with Ed Harris as the villain. Most of the movie takes place at the abandoned prison, uh, and there's a bunch of hijinks making war-hardened Marines who are combat trained look like complete idiots to a septuagenarian and a biochemist. It's basically a Kevin Hart and The Rock movie, but sillier, I think. Uh, <laughs> what about Connor? Okay, um, where do I start? So you start the movie with um, Cameron Poe and his atrocious <laughs> It's accent. so bad. So it's so bad. And you start with it. It's like when Madonna so, tried, to, tried first, to pretend like she was from England and had a British accent for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, but worse, but worse because it's so thick and it's, it's just nobody talks like that <laughs> anywhere. So skipping over that, if you can, you've got to suspend some disbelief there. So then <clears throat> starts, you meet his wife. She's lovely, way too beautiful for Nick Cage with his horrible accent, but it is what it is. And she's at a bar getting weirdly aggressively hit on by this man. And Ranger Poe gets in a fight and he kills one. Um, accidentally it was totally in self-defense uh and again if you you've got to suspend some disbelief because he ends up somehow getting at least well, eight years in prison his training for... makes him a weapon of destruction or whatever it is according to the judge right so yeah but <laughs> but okay like i won't get into all that but i know that that's wrong <laughs> and that already was like what so okay we've got him in prison he works out all the time just pull up nothing stuff. but workout and he yeah and uh he writes his uh wife and daughter it's lovely he has a friend in prison um who's some reason a diabetic and this is a plot point that we have to focus on okay so he's got a diabetic friend he's gonna fly home and for some other reason which is never explained they have a whole bunch of terrible terrible criminals being transported on one plane why never explained but they're going to put all of these super bad criminals who've done terrible, terrible things all in one plane because that's a great idea. And they're going to sneak a DEA agent on because also super great idea. And he sneaks a gun on. Why these things are super important, I don't know, but they're important. So <clears throat> we end up on the plane within, I, I don't even think it's taken off yet. 
and the criminals <laughs> are able to overthrow all the guards. They're taxiing um, on the runway. They have not put their cell phones yes, away, obviously. Yes. Nope. Obviously. They're still out texting. Nobody's turned off their wife or the style service. Okay, so we're in the air and and then just chaos ensues. And that's literally <laughs> like the rest of the movie. There's random amazing car- actors portraying people and you don't know why. Um, the virus, who's John Malkovich at his finest, admittedly, he's getting help from some random person that they literally never explain why. They don't explain anything else. You just get like a name and that he's helping them and you don't know why. Never explain. Just left. And then, <laughs> so they're in the air. They land somewhere. Nick Cage explodes a lot of stuff. The criminals explode a lot of stuff. Not a lot of death just a lot of explosion. Really, in this movie for as a lot of explosions and bullets and not a lot of death except a pivotal death <laughs> scene that I will talk about in the craziest moment section. But um, there's death that's crazy. And then they land in Vegas land without killing any Vegas. humans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So, like, it's fine. I mean, they <laughs> landed on the, strip. on the strip. Yeah, and no, this killed tr- this is no true. one. This is true. They also, I think, hit, like, they did. one car mm-hmm. <laughs> on the strip. It's fine. So, somehow, uh, the bad guy still gets away, and Nick Cage, instead of being with his family, which he's chosen not to be with his family the whole movie, because you don't leave a fallen man behind, which is the diabetic that was his former cellmate. I don't know. I would think you would go to the child you've never seen and the wife you haven't seen in eight years. But I guess, I don't know. He's a ranger, and that means that you go and continue fighting bad guys and possibly die. So he chases the bad guy down again, because, of course. And uh, everybody ends up happily ever after. Like, Including the diabetic. I cannot movie. remember if Bubba Gump dies or lives in the movie. He lives. So he gets the shot, mm. but they don't show that. Even though it's like a the whole serious movie. thing yep. they talk about multiple times. Yeah, you don't get him actually getting the insulin, uh, probably because nope. Nick Cage wouldn't know how to insert oh, a needle. No, oh, oh, no. Nick and Cage then, knows how to insert a needle. It just happens to be between his toes, I mean, so there's no trace marks. Right. He doesn't know True. how to do some insulin shots. Um, and he gets shot, though. Bubba Gump gets shot. Uh, obviously not his name. I think it's Baby O or something, but he's, he's Bubba Gump. He's only like, Bubba And he gets shot in the stomach. Oh, yeah. And he got, oh, he got shot, good. but he survived. Good. Mm-hmm. yeah and and that's basically it there's some other weird character like random major actors that show up why i have no idea other than just like a gratuitous actor shot like steve buscemi's in it and serves no well, isn't he a wait wasn't he a sexual predator uh no that's Tre- it, well danny trejo in real life too right i don't know I, I'm afraid. Actually, I, yeah, I should probably. take that back because you know Danny <laughs> yeah. Trejo's watching somewhere with that giant Mexican woman tattoo on his chest. Yeah. Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he gets that was a poetic death. He gets his arm like ripped off and he dies. But getting so, shot in the stomach. On him. You uh, don't die. Got it. No. Got it. Apparently that's a new thing. Good. Got shot, stone equal death. Good. Only on Con Air, though. Um John Malkovich dies in a glorious manner. Ridiculous, but glorious. Um, super depressing, because he was actually one of the best things about the movie. And, uh, yeah, I mean, literally, <laughs> the movie is so ridiculous. So the, That's the plot. The, and it was longer. <laughs> I feel like I watched it. That was, that was well done. Um, so, so you said the main characters are Nick Cage and Bubba Gump. 
Anybody else? What do you want to talk about the main characters? Um, oh. Oh my god, there's so many main characters if you believe the movie. Um, so there's John Malkovich, Danny Trejo, Ving Rames, Dave Chappelle, Nick Cage, Monica Potter, John Cusack. Um, there's some is there I mean that's that's a uh the guy okay the evil DEA Oh yeah Col Meany who was he was I also know that name. wasn't he also the bad guy in I don't know that's weird though cuz I couldn't even remember his name from the movie I think like that's the his character name, name. <laughs> wasn't he Yes also his an name is Col Meany <laughs> um Okay I I, I feel that's like I should get a medal impressive. for rem- remembering him I I will try yes. to I will ship you one. <laughs> um, make sure to leave it in the box for I will. at least I will. you know a day, and then I take will. it out and leave it on the counter for three days. Um, but I mean, so there's a ton of like big names in here in this movie, and none of them really have a purpose except John Malkovich and Nick Cage. Essentially, and all plot John devices Cusack. for Nick Cage to use his horrible accent. I don't even know that there was a, any plot device that served. Oh, there's there's action. a plot device. It um, belongs in the box, and I feel like we should be talking about that plot device. <laughs> so, do you want to hear about the main characters for The Rock? Um, yes, because they have. I mean, yes. first of all, you yes. already said Sean Connery. Yes, Connery. That's Connery. Nope. Oh my gosh, I it's can't okay. believe I blanked it's on okay. his name. I got Cole Meany, and you didn't get Sean Connery. That's fine. <laughs> we know who's the bigger movie fan. Um, <laughs> So, Nick Cage, of course, plays Stanley Goodspeed, a biochemist Mm. with a heart of gold who only wants to marry his girlfriend, Carla, who he apparently only wants to marry because she got pregnant and she's Catholic. They go into some excruciatingly painful details. Uh, Oh, my gosh. And also, she was the prom queen, which we find out in this movie. Again, has nothing to do with the movie, but it's important, apparently. Uh, Super important. Nick Cage is amazing. Uh, Like I said, Arnold was the one that they wanted for this movie. I don't see how this movie could have been made with anyone but Nick Cage. It would have been a like Rambo commando type movie versus crazy crack addled uh insane romp that The Rock was. Uh his nervous twitchiness, it's it's just perfect, right? The the way he is in this movie is absolutely perfect. He bounces from disarming a bomb that is in a toy doll that's filled, of ser- filled with sarin gas to throwing up in a sink because some Marine said that there is gas, a lethal gas uh, thing on a, on a in a prison, um, to crashing a Ferrari, to getting caught because he's being a buffoon by some Marines and then defeating said Marines in hand-to-hand combat. So it's basically every Nick Cage movie ever. Um, Sean Connery, I got to say this. I I thought Sean Connery was really good in this movie, but I felt like he was phoning it in. It didn't really seem like he was very interested in being in this movie. Uh, I think that it's a good thing that, he was portrayed as a very old person because he played the old cantankerous cranky person really, (laughs) really, really well. Um, It actually looked like Sean Connery went to prison for 30 years to prepare for this role. Um, He seemed annoyed. He had no women to sexually harass the entire movie. Uh, So I don't know. I, I didn't really get a lot out of Sean Connery in this movie, but 
Ed Harris. Ed Harris is amazing. I, I think Ed Harris is great in every role that he's in, and he plays General Hummel, um, who is kind of the straight man to Connery and Cage's Oliver and Hardy. Um, he's noble. He's well-meaning. Uh, I mean, while threatening the lives of millions and millions of people in the San Francisco Bay Area, but but noble. Minus yeah. that. Uh, he's a good dude. Um, a, a couple issues I had was like, his motivation, you know, he takes over this prison to shed light on these uh, these Marines who died under his command, like I, ta- I said a few minutes ago. Um, but he has no problems killing the good guy Marines when they come into the prison. So that that's problem hmm. one. And the second problem is he asked for a million dollars for the families of all of the Marines that fell under his command plus a million dollars each for him and all the all the people who took over the prison. Well, I did the math because I like doing math, um, and I found out that the a full military pension for officers is worth about $700,000. And you get benefits for your life, so it's worth a heck of a lot more. So essentially, he gave up his military pension for a million dollars. I mean, he probably could have been fine just going on CNN and, and drawing, uh, it, like, the importance of these lost souls uh, drawing a uh, uh, light on the importance of these lost souls. But no, he decided to, you know, take over prison uh, two more characters. And, and I thought this movie did such a great job with them. One is the prison, like the prison makes noises and sounds like it's alive throughout the movie. The sound editing in this movie is it's just, it's great for a movie that where a lot of things blow up. And the other one is, I don't know if you remember the movie, but there's these like green VX gas globules. They look like marbles. Um, they're, they're simultaneously okay. super lethal and, and really, really fragile at, you know, and, and they can just break if they roll on hit up against a door or something. But it was a little weird because the side effects from being exposed to that gas was different. Sometimes it turned you into sloth from the Goonies. Other times, you know, you you could inhale it and be alive for a few minutes and put some atrophy in your heart. Anyway, the gas was awesome, and I think a, a, a pretty good main character. Uh, so as we started, we're talking Nick Cage movies. What was the Nick Cage being Nick Cage scene in Con Air? The, the most... Nick Cage being Nick Cage theme. Oh, there's so many, but I think um, I think the one I'm going to talk about for this is um, so they land um, in the middle of the movie. They land at Larson Air Force Base, or not Air Force Base? Excuse me, Larson Air Base, and um, they're supposed to change out planes, and Nick Cage is trying to not only find his friend, his cellmate and a friend, um, a needle to right. inject his insulin. Um, because that's yep. again, a very yep. Yep. super important plot point. Um, he's trying to find that. And so he's looking at all the kind of abandoned buildings. And in one of the buildings, he discovers the other plane that's actually supposed to be there. But for some reason, they're all pretending it's not, well, they being the people, the random guy who's supposed to be helping them get away he's hiding the plane from John Malkovich's character because he's only actually going to save one of the criminals and not John Malkovich. So Nick Cage stumbles upon these guys, okay, and they all have guns. John Cusack ends up being in the the hangar with them all, and he's, like, peeking over. He also has a gun, by the way. Nick Cage (laughs) 
defeats all these guys in like no gun. two seconds. Okay. No insulin After, either. No gun. Um, he gets a gun. Yeah. No, no needle, no insulin. He's got nothing except being a convict for eight and, years and, and doing some pull-ups. And mm, yes, good. luckily he does not good. speak in this scene. There's no need. So just a lot of like, you know, uppercuts. Uh, he does oh. a roundhouse kick. Oh. And Chuck Norris would be jealous. Um, yeah. And no. first of all, nobody lands one because no. nobody's standing no. there. Everyone pulls their like, groin with roundhouse at them. Yeah, he didn't magically. The guy went down also magically. And then John Cusack, at that point, the guy with the gun as well, stands up and is now pointing it at Nikish, like, Who are you? Why did you not assist? Like, I, no, because he's John matter. Cusack, and John Cusack so, is useless well, oh, in most movies. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's fair. And he was incredibly useless in this movie. And they also focused on that's his true. shoe wear, which was with socks, the sandals with socks. And that was terrible. But so the, I'm not even done with the Nick Cage being Nick Cage moment because it's just like one rolling Nick Cage moment after another. But the the pivotal one is the the jet that is supposed to take off gets crippled. We'll just say it's an, a ridiculous moment, but doesn't involve Nick Cage. It hits the gas station. It explodes. And they show different. So this is the ridiculous moment. They show different shots of Nick Cage slow running out of the gas station store because he's like oh it's you know i gotta get out it's slow running and they do multiple shots of the same moment and you just see the explosion behind him he's slow running with his terrible long hair and then he like shoots out of a window and he's fine not a singe on him everything behind him it just violently explodes and he's just underneath a truck talking to the owner of the gas station like hey what's his accent i can't do it and i won't try and that's the Nick Cage being Nick Cage moment. And you're like, what is going on? And why did we slow-mo well, it, three it's, it, I mean, shots? it is an explosion. And in movies, you have to walk away or run away from explosions in slow motion. And if you have multiple cameras focused on you, you might as yeah. well milk that moment. But the other guys told us, Will Ferrell specifically you said, can't. You, you, you will can't get just walk bleeding. away from an explosion. That's you a lie. Will 100% you will bleeding. get internal yeah. bleeding. Totally it was agree. all a lie. And there are more, but I want to talk about the ending and the the other Nick Cage moments happen in what is probably the most glorious ending. See, of this a this is where I think Connor is going to win because um, we're not going to go to the ending yet. But I think the rocks. I think I don't think the rocks ending yeah. is its best moment. But but it had plenty of Nick Cage being Nick Cage okay. scenes. Um, He's a big music guy, and okay. he, he's talking about music the entire movie. He gets a, a Beatles record. And remember, this is the days of CDs. So he's, he's doing the whole record sound better than CDs thing. It's a Beatles record. There's a scene where he's okay. going up against a, a, a mercenary, and the mercenary's in front of him. It's the Candyman. I, you know, I don't know what the guy the character's name is. Yeah, the Candyman. Oh. Right? And he's got a knife. Yeah, okay. Again, yeah. Why doesn't he Everybody... have a gun? Yeah. I don't know. But he's got a knife. This movie could have ended 17 different times if someone just had a bloody gun, right? But <laughs> Or, or used, knew how to use oh, their okay. bloody gun. Yeah. So he's got a knife, and, and Nick Cage <laughs> is, is, starts talking about Elton John out of the blue. And he's got all of his Nick Cage facial expressions. Sure. And he's talking about Elton John, and, and the Candyman's like, what's up with you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stabby, stabby, you die etc and uh and nick cage is cradling in his arms the 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 globules of vx gas like they're a little baby and and he's talking about have you heard of the song rocket man 
And meanwhile, he's staring at the missile. Nick Cage is staring at the missile. He's staring at the missile controls. He's going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, looking at the two. The, the candy man is just staring there. And finally, Nick Cage launches the missile, hits the candy man in the chest. Candy man doesn't explode, mind you. Candy man gets knocked into a window, out the window, and gets impaled on a metal spike. Right. Oh, and uh, then Nick Cage quips, you're the rocket man. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> not not a great yeah. moment, but a very Nick Cage being Nick Cage moment. But there is one crazy scene, and and I, I mentioned Michael Bay uh, was the director for this movie, and so we know Michael Bay's modus operandi is everything blows up, right? Uh, that and casual racism. Of course. So uh, this movie thankfully had no casual racism. I was really really impressed. This movie also had Michael Bay showing a hmm. ton of restraint, right? There's very few scenes where you have three seconds of, of video shooting, uh, switching scenes to another scene, three seconds, another scene, three seconds. It was, it was well made. But there's one scene where Sean Connery uh, is, uh, he's getting his hair cut by this guy. And, and I want to just really, really quick aside like that was the most offensive homophobic scene in a movie I've seen in a long time. It's a male hairdresser who Michael Bay decided okay. portray yourself as a homosexual, you know, just go over the top. And it was awful. Absolutely. Totally offensive. But anyway, aside from that, uh, Sean Connery steals a Hummer. He's driving through the streets of San Francisco up and down the Hills is looking like he's trying to run into things. Like there has been multiple times where you can just avoid it gone around, stopped, made it right. No, no, no. He's going through water truck tankers. Uh, Nick Cage steals a Ferrari because there was a Ferrari just hanging out there. Drives it through a window, not through the open garage door next to the window. Through the window because it's not his. He mentions that. Uh, and he runs it into a postal truck, which explodes and catches on fire. Then he rams, a, he rams a trash can, which explodes. And catches on fire. Then the whole car chase scene ends when he rams his truck into a San Francisco streetcar, which you guessed it, explodes and catches on fire. It's Michael Bay. How does a trash can? It was obviously full of C4 that was dumped from the little baby doll that had sarin gas in it. They didn't know what to do with it, so they're like, just chuck it out the window. And it landed in a trash can, and Nick Cage's car hit it. It's all connected. (laughs) <laughs> oh, tell me about sure. the craziest scene from okay, Connor. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we've got we've got Dave Chappelle, who's pinball. I'm just gonna call him pinball for this. Um. He, the in one of the scenes, the plane leaves without him because they don't care. None of these criminals are friends. You're either gonna be there, or you're not. So he he's trying. He's running next to the plane, and then he just kind of disappears, and you don't know what happened to him. Turns out he tried to get in the plane through the landing gear, and he didn't quite make it all the way in. Wait, and that's that's all sort he's of in? closed that's on it? him, and that's his role in the movie. Um, no. So he his role in the movie is okay. um, a little more substantial. This is about halfway through the movie, but he dies a rather sad death off screen in the landing gear. But the craziest moment is that Nick Cage um, it causes them to go much slower. Uh, flying speed and so Nick Cage has to dislodge him from the landing gear and he just lets him drop and 
this nice couple in Fresno is in their car chatting. They just got the car washed and a body lands on the front hood and the car just kind of doesn't explode, but it just flies into a bunch of pieces. They're screaming because a man (laughs) just dropped out of the sky and exploded their car while they were in it. Um, and, And there's no need for this scene other than the absolute ridiculousness of it. And it was an epic ending to Pinball and his kind of ridiculous character. He served a couple points um, in the movie, but I think this was his pivotal scene was that it was just how ridiculous can we make a death from an airplane? And of course, it's not just throw him out, but also have a whole bunch of people on a street find him uh, by having of him land on a Volvo, actually. Um of course. Uh, so that was probably hilarious. And of course, they're screaming and freaking out because a body from the sky. He was already dead. So luckily, he suffered nothing. But um, <laughs> it was hilarious, in my opinion. I mean, other than the epic, like, 20 minute ending that is just <laughs> utterly insane and serves no basis in reality. So, no one uh, you want to know something funny? Um, while you were talking, I was just looking up the director from yeah. the movie because everything you're talking about. Makes it sound like it's a Michael Bay movie. Uh, do you know what he right? directed a few years before Con Air? Rick Astley's no. Never Gonna Give You Up video. Yes. The Rick Roll. <gasps> he directed the Rick Roll and oh, the Budweiser no. Frogs videos. <laughs> yep. <gasps> yep. Yep. Budweiser. Oh, yeah, because I actually had to look it up. Um, to see who directed yeah. because I, I was so Everything convinced you're it was Michael about, Bay. I was like, I mean, how am I not racism, watching Michael Bay movies? Tons of things blown up. It sounds like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's that one, uh, one uh, <laughs> uh, felon who who's wearing the dress. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. That was awful. Yeah. Uh, the, I hated the that lady, The lady man. Yeah. Uh, the t- stereotype. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole movie was a whole bunch of stereotypes. The only... Nope. I was going to say the only one that wasn't, but no, because the <laughs> smart criminals were all white. And yeah. um, like, I could you not. Then you had uh, the ridiculous characters that didn't quite think things through. Um, so weren't that smart were black. Um, and then the ones that really <laughs> pushed the envelope were all Hispanic. So and, and pushed the envelope in ways that were right. very stereotyped. Like, it wasn't push the envelope in new and interesting ways. It was, like, push the envelope and made you uncomfortable yeah. because you didn't need that character. And yet, the, here he this was. This was a plane panic. It full was of felons just awful. flying for no reason. I feel as though the racism probably yes. played a backseat to this year's stupidity of things. <laughs> oh, it did. It did. I mean, it was definitely there. But at the same time, everything so, about this movie was just Tell me the ending. Absurd. I want to know the so, ending about Connor. Yeah, tell me about- like I said, oh, I okay. think The Rock's ending <laughs> is probably its weakest moment in what is a pretty good movie. I want to hear about Connor's ending, and then we'll okay. talk about The Rock. Okay. So, <laughs> Connor's ending, as I've already kind of alluded to, um, they're, in, they're flying over the desert. They have multiple opportunities to shoot the plane down. They don't. Um, never really explain why. The only thing John Cusack continues to yell is, don't shoot my plane. Um, so they don't. And instead, what happens is that it's uh, it's going down. Who's and landing they have to the land plane? It on the Vegas Strip. Because 
Um, oh gosh, I can't even remember the character's name. He's hilarious. Okay. And yet not really a standout. It's not um, Nick Cage. I hate to say that. And no. No. Yeah. He's he's Nick Cage is in the cockpit, of course, for a little bit of time and he's talking to the guy, of but course. the guy's just like, uh, we're landing and he's like, And by landing, I mean oh. crashing. I mean it's like um it was so good it was so good and he puts a hat on as he, like a hard hat as he's saying it's like a, mer- a military hat that came from nowhere why it's in the cockpit don't know but it was and we're not questioning it um so we're going down and it hits there's no landing gear for some reason also that doesn't happen um so it hits everybody's flying around but not as much as you would expect and it skids for probably <laughs> a good half mile but doesn't hit okay, anybody i don't know else. how fast this thing was going but it was doesn't hit anyone it hits a sign it hits the guitar sign for hard rock oh thank god um and then hits like no cars no people um it hits a hotel and destroys a very nice car which i can't remember what it was because they already destroyed the corvette that was beautiful and i was you know whatever really upset about that already um but in the whole so like you have uh nick cage is leaving the cockpit john malkovich's character is called the virus catches him and he's got him at um i think it's gunpoint i don't honestly even remember because it was just you're like what is happening and then the propeller oh that's right flies off the plane and then comes back and they're both able to like step back in time so now they're separated and then and then it's still like going so the plane is still trying to crash it flies over water like I don't know why it would just drop into the fountain and stop, but no, no, it glides on water like Jesus and keeps going. Nick Cage ends up in the front of the plane. Nobody else has even moved. Like nobody was seatbelted in, but they're all still in the same position. No one's like beat up. There's barely any blood anywhere. Nick Cage gets shot. He's like, so I forgot about this while it's crashed and flying on the land, uh, on the Vegas strip. Nick Cage is like walking up the plane, getting all, like Nick KG, somebody shoots him in the arm. He didn't even care. Acts like it's a bee sting. Keeps going. Um, between the crashing and him getting out, he has somehow bandaged his arm. Of course. Um, thank goodness. And then, yeah. And then uh, the police show up. Everything's great. But oops, virus gets away because this is still not the end of the movie. He gets away. <laughs> they commandeer a fire truck. He and a couple other criminals. So Nick Cage is like, well, obviously it's my job to continue to bring these people to justice. So he and John Cusack get oh on police God, motorcycles what is this movie and ending? start chasing after this fire truck. I don't know, but that's what I kept asking myself <sighs> about five minutes in when I heard his accent. Um, so, so you know, you made reference to the, the pull-ups. And there's one scene, um, the ladder, for some reason, is really far off of the fire truck as it's speeding down this road. And Nick Cage leaps from his motorcycle onto the ladder. But remember, oh, he's been shot in the left arm. So he's hanging there, but ooh, his arm hurts. So then he switches and holds his other arm. So he has his right hand only hanging. I mean, it was impressive. Yeah. It's a feat of strength. But thank goodness he, he did all those pull-ups in the early part of the movie. Because now we see why he's able to just hold his entire body. Yeah. Yes. Little did we know. And um, Ving Rhames dies by getting hit with a motorcycle on the back of the truck. Uh, so that was a bummer. And then... Another dude flies out of the front, and then John Malkovich's character gets chain- handcuffed to the ladder. He flies off of it somehow. I don't, he like hits some, it's not worth repeating. And then he lands and gets squished 
in the head by this construction well, machine squish, that serves no purpose. I have no idea head. what this machine is. Yeah. Right. Other than to squish the virus's head. And so then John Cage or John Luke Cage. Cage. <laughs> I'm mixing them all. It's so bad. So Nick Cage goes over to his daughter and wife. They have this kind of almost the most realistic part of the movie where everyone's a little tentative with each other because they haven't seen each other in eight years. And then they all hug and that is literally the end of the movie. No. Why is she in Vegas? I don't know. Why is she carting her child around to an entire disaster scene? I don't know. He finds the bunny, the bunny that served a lot of lines in the movie, but no real other purpose. He gives her the bunny and it's like gross looking. It's broken. And he's like, here's your bunny. Well, he, you know, it just leaves the bunny out. At this over point. the bunny. It earlier in the movie. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. He killed a lot of people it was, in the movie. They should, the they, wanted to re, they wanted to name this movie like Bunny and Insulin, but just didn't test well, I guess. Yes. And for and for him to be but such they a were guy, all he bad in his a defense. lot of people. I just and he Yes, okay, okay, but okay, yes, they were all terrible people. But one of the guys goes down and finds out that Nick Cage is actually like kind of a good guy, and Nick Cage goes down there and then kills him to hide his identity. Like, that's not a good guy thing to do. And there was question about maybe this bad guy would have killed, tried to kill Nick Cage, but we don't actually know because Nick Cage yeah. impales him on a piece yeah. of metal. Yeah. Well, it's Nick that's Cage. That's crazy. And he kills <laughs> Okay, fair point. And <laughs> fair point to this whole movie. I can't even believe this is the part I'm questioning. But, like, he kills more people almost than the guns in the movie. And also, there was a lot of shooting on an airplane. So, what never you're saying having is that pressure. he should have gone to prison for being a trained weapon. The judge was right. The judge was Not right. Not the first time. I mean, yeah. yes. In this case, yeah. it was a little minority yeah. before they did have an idea that a bad thing was going to happen because he did. He goes around killing like a whole bunch you of people. You heard it and first. The, the you heard it first. The judge is a precog. Oh. That, I don't get clapped for cold meanie, but, but right. I get clapped for the precog. All right. Let's see how it goes. All right. Fine. Absolutely. Um, Tell me how the rocks no, ending not even one close. could never be the Connie ending because not even close, but yeah, no, I have I'll a theory. believe that. I have a theory that I feel well this will be the first time okay. in the history of man and woman that this theory has ever been espoused but on any non movie movie podcast ever. This theory. Are you ready? So I'm waiting. Movie. Good guys win, bad guys you lose. I'm ready. That's it. End of story. Right? No, no missiles were launched. No gas exploded. Everything was fine. Ed Harris tried. He failed. Uh, the entire island explodes because okay. islands explode. Um, yeah, right. In my right. World, yeah. Um, but, but the reason why Sean Connery's character was sent to prison 33 years before being released for uh, to. Uh, to penetrate uh, uh, Alcatraz uh, was because he had captured a whole bunch of state secrets. Like he had microfiches of who was uh, the person behind uh, the Kennedy assassination. Um, he has information on Roswell. So look, How it's a Michael Bay all movie. All right. Oh wait. Yeah. The I'm not going to question it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Of course he does. 
course he does. I believe that Stanley Goodspeed, Nick Cage's character from The Rock, is also Nick Cage's character from National Treasure. The way he learned everything in National Treasure was from the information Sean Connery gave him at the end of The Rock. Boom. I have proof of this, and I'll tell you why they're in the same universe. The guy, and I don't know if you remember this okay. in the Rock. There's a there's a there's a European gentleman whose Hummer gets stolen by Sean Connery. I told you about the scene where everything blows up. He is in National Treasure, and his Hummer gets stolen. I'm telling you. Okay, it's true. They're in the same I want universe. This to be true, Nick Cage's characters in true. The Rock and Conair are the same person. And okay. The reason why he is able to steal the Declaration of Independence or pee on the Constitution or I don't know where the Magna Carta as a hat. I don't remember National Treasure that well. But the reason why he's able to do that is because he got all this knowledge from the microfiches that that uh, that uh, Mason from uh, The Rock, Sean Connery's character, stole. Crazy. Okay. Okay, I mean, I want this to be true, and you've convinced me enough that I'm going to believe it because in Absolutely. the Nick Cage world, this the, is very in the possible. Nick Cage cinematic universe, you see, we've already got two movies that are connected. I'm telling you right now, we are Samuel yes. L. Jackson and Tony Stark away from having our new Marvel, Mar, our our new Marvel cinematic universe. It's all connected. Ah. Oh. That would be a weird hey, and kind look, of amazing Nick Cage thing. wanted to be Superman. Mostly weird, he though. named his son, I think, Kal El. So, and and Nick Cage's name is Nick Coppola. Ew. The reason why he calls himself Nick Cage is because he loved Luke Cage as a character, uh, the comic book character, growing up. I've done way too much Nick Cage research. Is apparently the case. Yeah, I'm, I've thought I mean, too much about this. I think I'm kind of impressed though. So. Yes, but I'm so going to go with it. That's it. I'm, I'm not kidding. Ending. The, ending, the ending is literally good guys <laughs> win, bad guys lose. They nuke the place. Nick Cage stabs right. himself in the heart with uh, atropine because he's exposed to the VX gas, which, by the way, has zero skin-altering effects on him. Like, in the beginning of the movie, a person – remember Robocop where the guy fell into the vat of toxic uh, waste and then gets hit by a car and explodes all over? Yes. That happens to a dude in The Rock in the beginning, but yet Nick Cage is holding a globule, smashes it into another guy's face, and still has absolutely zero side effects to it, other than, you know, needing to stab himself in the heart with atropine. But but the the movie's ending is its weakest part. Like, you knew they were going to win, you knew everyone was going to get away, but, but I think the fact that he lets Connery yeah. go, and he tells... Uh, he tells the the FBI that Connery was uh, uh, I can't remember what the word is, but he basically evaporated uh, because of the thermite plasma. But that's the ending. I'm I'm not kidding. Okay. That's it. I think Connery's ending, as as bat poop crazy as it sounds, wow, um, is a better ending than than uh, than The Rock. So let's let's go back through. Um, I want to add one other category okay. because I feel as though. The Rock had some really great parts of this category, which is the music. Um, I think, I mean, Hans Zimmer was the oh, okay. music 
person. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's awful. Yeah. Uh, he he was the one who did the soundtrack for The Rock. And I'm he's either. also done Top Gun, Pirates, Crimson Tide, True Romance, oh, yeah. Dark Knight. Hans Zimmer I mean, is a genius. And if you yeah. close your eyes while watching this movie, you're in all of those movies at the same time. I'm pretty sure he used the same soundtrack in this one as he did in Crimson Tide. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh, next next one we should do Crimson Tide versus Red October. But yeah, 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 yeah. I think that would be a good Ooh, one. Um, yes. Okay, so yeah. let's go back through and let's uh, talk about which one was better. Because we have a few minutes left and, and I think we're going to have to have a, a winner here. I'm not really sure how we're going to judge these. Okay. But but let's let's say in each of these categories – which one had Nick Cage being the craziest? Okay. Okay. And can we can we judge it using explosions? Since I think both movies had just an inordinate amount of explosions. Okay. We can talk about in the, in all the types the of things that exploded too. I yeah. had a prison and a mail truck. You had a whole plane, a Corvette. Yeah. Oh, propane. Um. Uh. The airplane tower um just everything actually explodes in that movie which is why i think we should talk about it in like okay. one to five okay. of explosions let's start like let's start four in, explosions let's start the plot. three kind of thing uh con air how many explosions okay. would you give the plot um <laughs> you know two what? explosions I'm out of five plot, two explosions okay it, it's yeah, it's not good. Yeah. It, it, there's too many holes. Yeah, and yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. You're not it, supposed it, to care. I sometimes when a movie is so bad, what about the plot holes really come through? But I think The Rock had plenty of yeah. plot holes. But I thought the plot was fantastic. Yeah. I'm gonna give it a four. Okay, main okay. characters. So we've got oh, okay. we've got Nick right. Cage and Sean Connery in The Rock, and we've got Nick Cage and like 84 other people apparently. In Conair. So main characters, what would you give yeah. uh, Conair? How many explosions? I'm actually going to give... Um, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to view this in the form of, did they commit? And I'm going to say... Yeah. I'm Cyrus the Virus. Five explosions. Yeah. I mean, and then you've got Steve Buscemi acting like a crazy person, and you believe it. You've got Ving Rhames acting like a big time. I mean, they just all really committed, and Danny Trejo's acting like the worst of the worst, and he's supposed to be. So, five out of five, because they all just brought the game I, that they I, could I, I to what was not a great direction movie. they were given by Rick Astley's uh, 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 director was um, Be Yourself. Because I feel as though everyone in this movie, to your point, yeah. was very true to themselves and acted like themselves the entire movie. I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give uh, The Rock a four out of five um, because Nick Cage was oh. incredible. Um, Sean Connery was not, but Ed Harris was was amazing. So. Um, the Nick Cage being Nick Cage scene. How many explosions are you going to give Conair? Um, I'm going to give it. I mean, I'm going to get it for explosions. I mean, he's just the whole movie doing yeah. crazy why not? stuff because um, he's Nick I'm Cage. Also, and why not? I'm also going to give the rock a, a four yeah. for Nick Cage being Nick Cage because 
while there weren't as many like Nick Cage did not need to carry this movie in my opinion I think that if it's not for okay. Nick Cage okay. in The Rock, you have essentially Sharknado. I'm sorry, in uh, Con Air. In Con Air, I apologize. In Con Air, if you don't <laughs> have Nick Cage, you have Sharknado, right? Yeah. Like anybody else in this movie would not have yeah. made it any worse. However, they also would not have made it any better. But yeah. to me, in, in The Rock, that's fair. Nick Cage... Nick Cage being Nick Cage allowed the movie to be a lot better, right? Like if this was a straight person, you know, someone playing mm-hmm. this like a Stallone or a like pre-expendable Stallone um, or a Tom or a Tom Cruise, okay. you don't have the goofy <laughs> element. You don't have the scenes where you're like, oh, it's like it's not as charming. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to give it a four. Um because I thought Nick Cage added the perfect amount of seasoning to this uh, to this movie, uh, craziest craziest uh, moment in, uh, in <laughs> Con Air. How many explosions? Um, four okay. again. Okay, let's go with four. I mean, you you, you have somebody driving yeah. out of the sky to land yeah. on a Volvo yeah. in the middle and of I'm the pretty theater, sure actually, aside like, from the yeah, train that's a four. you mentioned every mode of transportation out there um you know including you know a human body in terminal yeah. velocity yeah uh so so uh craziest moment I'm all, I'm going to give <laughs> a rock a 5 because it had 112 crazy moments that you're just and and it was just again so enjoyable um <laughs> what about the ending Oh jeez. Um <laughs> um I'm going to have to give it a 3. I'm okay. Give it a 3. I know. And, and I say this because I mean there's a ton of explosions. It's utterly ridiculous. You're enjoying it, but at the same time you're like this is so absurd. <laughs> that, and then it never seems to actually end. And you're like, what? I mean, the police are here. They're <laughs> rounding everybody up. How could this possibly still keep going? And it just does. And like yeah. you said, they have to utilize almost every yeah. mode of transportation. Yeah. And they do this at the end of the movie in the last five minutes. It's just too All right. much. I'm, I'm disappointed much. So in that, I honestly. I would have given Con Air probably a four. But I see your point. Um, I, I, I told you, I, I thought the ending to, uh, to The Rock was not as good as it should have been given the buildup for two hours and 15 minutes of, of the movie itself. So I'm going to give it a three as well. So do you want to hear the final score of how many explosions? Okay. Now, remember, your movie yeah. you ranked at four out of your scale of one to five for Nick Cage movies. And I rated mine number one. So in theory, The Rock should have blown okay. away Con Air. Like it should have been Washington Generals yeah. versus Harlem Globetrotters, right? Except all the Washington Generals <laughs> may have been okay. Like, yeah, fair. On crutches, um, it was close, twenty to eighteen. The Rock wins by only two points. Really? Two two explosions. Sorry. Oh, 20 to 18. okay. Wow. I, I am actually surprised because I enjoyed this movie so much, and um, I will never ever watch Con Air. Again, I don't want to. I I refuse. I had to don't. sit through Armageddon. Please don't. Um, don't. And and I still feel like some <laughs> level of shame okay. for doing that. So I think uh, you did a great job explaining a movie and making it seem much better than it actually was. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. 
<laughs> so bad. You're very welcome. It was a struggle. And if I had done knowing, I would have actually had some really good things to talk about. But um, I thought this was would be a fair <laughs> reparation for the fact that you had to watch Armageddon. <laughs> and this is my version of Armageddon for this week. <laughs> um, and I think them scoring so close together actually just indicates that Nick Cage's movies are all kind of on a same equal footing. And that's not kind of a good one. I I really like I really thought I liked him and his movies a lot more. I really I do think that we are looking back with rose colored glasses on a lot of these things. I I, and I think we're gonna have to be careful. Um, there's uh you know we've got to think about our our movie for next week. Um, because I don't think I can sit through a Nick Cage movie. I just I'd watch it in two sittings because I enjoyed this movie, but I I don't think I can Mm -hmm. do that this week. I, I I'm I I really don't think I can commit that much time to this. Uh, this type of a movie, but I, I I'll say that you know we this is our third one, and I've had a bit of a running theme in all of these movies. Um, so I had Michael Bean in in uh, Aliens. Michael Bean was also in uh, this movie. Okay. I had Michael Bay in Armageddon. Michael Bay in this movie, and it's funny after watching <laughs> Jim Cameron in a restrained sort of just real theatrical good dramatic movie in aliens this was the exact opposite right like that aliens is a van gogh and this is wwe monday night raw right you can still appreciate them a little bit um but and and it's funny so aliens we talked last week like aliens didn't have a single gunfire gun fired for almost an hour in the movie it took this movie six seconds before a gun was shot so yeah, yeah, very different. So I, I think oh, okay. for next week, what are we thinking? So we have we have a we have a bunch of choices. We talked about Christmas music, uh, Christmas movies. I'm sorry, we talked about uh, soundtracks, girl power movies, uh, everything wrong with the Joker. I, I, I'm sorry, why we were wrong about the movie The Joker. I don't think I can watch The Joker during the coronavirus. <laughs> I'm not sure I hate myself enough yet. No. Nope. Um. So I think we skipped that one. But uh, what do you think we should do next week? Might change your yeah. mind. What do you think? Um, I kind of want to do. Uh, okay. I kind of want to do soundtrack movies. Um, because one, I, I mean, I'm I'm like you. To me, a soundtrack oh. can make an amazing movie. Even if the movie's not that great, good music behind a scene, I'm I'm feeling okay. it. You know, I'm into the moment. So I think we should do that. And I have to find what movie because I I honestly so I am 100 percent with you. I think we're it. gonna have to look at. Let's look at soundtrack in the in not the purest form. We're not talking Hans Zimmer type soundtrack. We're talking Tyler Bates no. Guardians of the Galaxy type soundtrack. So best movies yes. with the best music. I think is what. I know. I, I'm you know, already like, should I, I honestly, certain like, movies? I, I, because I don't you, want right you to now, do that. <laughs> I, I, mean, I was thinking the other day, uh, Kingsman, A Knight's Tale, Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians 2, oh. Thor Ragnarok. I mean, these movies have... So let's say this. All movies in the 2000s with the best music. Uh, Atomic Blonde. Yeah, okay. so I think we're going to have some fun with this. Oh, yeah. We're not going to go against each other because I think we both appreciate music uh, kind of an equal amount. So so let's do that. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's uh, talk about uh, best music from modern movies. 
uh, next week. A- anything else? Awesome. Let's do it. All right. This was fun. No, I think I'm all set. I think I think I. Yeah. <laughs> oh my I, god. Yeah. Is, I, won't, I don't want to watch that was so good. movies. <laughs> I, I, I wish we should start the podcast <laughs> I, with that. This was fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, I. Uh, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I realized. I'm it sorry. Was so bad, and I couldn't remember. So all right. I yeah. When this is all blind, over. I'm buying like, you a I nice steak dinner for uh, having to watch Con Air. <laughs> Please do. Thank you. All right. We'll talk it's next really week. Really bad.